Welcome to another podcast by InsideCarolina.com, the independent voice of UNC sports. Your home for Tar Heel football, basketball, and recruiting. I'm your host, Tommy. I'm actually joined by Dewey Burke. Dewey Carolina went to Louisville in a place they haven't won before. Rui Williams 0-4 at Louisville. I think a couple were in Freedom Hall, a couple in the Yum Center. Win ninety three seventy six over a pretty good Louisville team. We'll break it down, but just a a general overview from you on Carolina's workman like performance. I thought we were great. I really did. I mean, I thought our offense was fantastic. How crisply the ball moved from the outset. Love the way guys like Theo attacked the rim. Joel obviously shot it great. Luke made a bunch of shots in the second half. But uh, I just loved our energy, our attentiveness right from the beginning. I thought they really looked rested. Obviously, they needed some time after uh, after that crazy stretch we had. And I thought we looked into it and rested. And, yeah, Tommy, I just thought we were really good. I really did. Yeah, it's amazing how pretty basketball looks when this team is in the flow offensively. It started with Joel Berry. I think he had 18 in the first half, finished with 23. Uh, but his block there, I think with a two and a half minutes left in the ball game, I think that's the play of the game. I think it's one of the better plays that Joel Berry's made in his career. Granted, it's a regular season game, and he's done so much in the postseason, but just what an effort play from a guy that if he's six foot, he's got some tall shoes on going up against a 6'10 guy, and it just sort of broke Louisville's heart there. He's just relentless. I mean, it's just it's funny that you uh, you said that was the play of the game when he, one of the best plays he's ever made. I had a text from a friend of mine who's a Carolina alum, but no affiliation with with the basketball program or anything like that. And he said, "I think Joel Berry is the toughest kid I've watched since I have been you know anything associated with Carolina." He graduated in two thousand eight, so you're talking about the last four, you know, thirteen, fourteen years. And he said. Maybe Tyler, but I give the nod to a less than six foot point guard. And so, for somebody who doesn't know a ton about basketball and just was watching the game as a casual fan, to send that text to me, I think says everything we need to know, right? I mean, pound for pound, as tough a kid as we've ever had. And uh, God, he was he was an All American tonight, no doubt about it. Shot it great, eight rebounds, five assists against two turnovers, an unbelievable block, and was in my opinion, no doubt the best player on the floor. He was he was fantastic, and that play was incredibly athletic and just a relentless kid. Loved having him. He's just uh, – we'll miss him. Let's put it that way. Yeah, I don't, I don't think folks understand how good he's been. And maybe Carolina fans do, but do we nationally? I still don't think he gets the recognition he should, and maybe he doesn't care about that. Um, and, you know, maybe the team doesn't care about. But from the outside looking in, like you said, he's one of the toughest ever to play at North Carolina, uh, one of the best, going to be one of the most heralded. But your thoughts on why perhaps, even though it ultimately doesn't matter, but why perhaps he doesn't get that recognition uh, nationally that he should? Yeah, I don't know. It's a great question. I mean, he's not um... – if we're being fair, he's not as good as Ty, as Ty Lawson was. And uh, he doesn't do one thing as well as Kendall did. I mean, Kendall was the most gifted p- passer maybe I've ever watched. Um, 
he just seems to be really solid at everything. And uh, maybe it's because his elite attribute is toughness and it's not something that's in the box score on the stat sheet. I don't know. It's a great question, but I'll tell you what he is. He's a winner. And uh, hard-pressed to believe there's been a tougher, more hard-nosed, dedicated kid that Coach has ever had. He's had more talented players, and he's had just you know overall better point guards like we talked about. Ty was one of them. Raymond probably still, and Jock Vaughn back at Kansas. But pound for pound, if you want a kid that's going to fight and will himself to do whatever is necessary to try and win, I'll take JB2. He just – it's amazing to watch sometimes how much he cares, how much he gives us. And what he means to our program, you know, him along with Marcus Page, getting those guys a, a while back when things weren't going great from a recruiting perspective. You talk to people on staff, they feel like Marcus Page and Joel Berry kept this program alive when things were really difficult. So that's how I think of him. Knowing that you've been exceptionally busy, and I appreciate you taking the time to do these podcasts. Um, with me on these post game, but you were catching up watching the game, so I put a question out there on Twitter and said, "You know, Dewey and I are fixing to record a post game podcast. Give me some questions that you want to address specifically." So I want to go through a few of those, and we can yeah, sort of weave, we can sort of weave these into the Louisville game, relevant to the Louisville game as well. But someone asked bench contributions: Do they need them to put up numbers? or just successfully rest the starter and limit the starters and limit mistakes. And I think in the first half, the starters were plus nine and the, with a sub on the floor, it was a net zero. And I think that's what they need to do. I think at times they can come in and provide a spark, but I think just don't hurt the team and make some effort plays is the key for the bench. Your take there. I think that's right. And that's coach's mantra, right? That's what he tells everybody who comes off. Give us something positive. And whether that's a hustle play, a deflection, I actually thought seventh in his limited minutes was actually pretty good tonight. He made a great pass early that got Joel a three in the corner and uh, made a couple other just solid plays from the point guard position. Didn't even take any shots, but had a couple assists and only one turnover. So he took care of the ball for the most part. Gave us something positive. Same thing with Sterling. Gave us something positive. And I think with the the veteran starting five that we have, I mean, pretty rare to think about the fact that we start three seniors and two juniors. Pretty rare. I mean, that just doesn't take place a lot in college basketball anymore, especially at an elite program like ours when you're, the recruiting turnover is, is typically pretty high. So I think Coach is going to roll with our experience. And those guys are going to continue to play 30-plus minutes, barring foul trouble. So if your guy coming off the bench, just give us something. If anything, it's just be solid enough that, to your point, the plus-minus is, is a draw and get guys enough rest. Joel Berry needs four to six minutes of rest every night. He's got to have it. And that goes for everybody else. So I think you said it best, Tommy. It's, it's just don't hurt us because our best five right now, the way the ball moves – the way we're shooting it, the way we're getting contributions from many different ways and different guys, we're pretty tough to cover at the moment. They indeed are. Looking at the box score, Joel Berry with 36 minutes, Kenny Williams 36, uh, Cam Johnson with 35, if I'm reading it correctly. 
May with 34, Pinson would have been up there too, but for the foul trouble in the first half. So a lot of minutes for the starters, but certainly some key rest and key contributions these guys are giving them, even if they're not uh, scoring a bunch of points. Let's go on down the list. Uh, let's talk about the play where Barry drives in and sort of flicks it behind him and Manley's there for the lay-in. Somebody says, how does you know how does that happen? I thought it was a set play where Manley just follows him down the lane, but your take there is certainly a lot of trust in Barry knowing or at least hoping somebody would be there to, to pick up that ball and lay it in. Yeah, and a little bit of luck too, right? I mean, just as easily a Louisville guy could have been there and taken that. It could have been a turnover. But I think as a perimeter player in our system, you know – that because Coach Williams drills into our heads and our bigs' heads to crash the board so, argu- you know, not arduously, but so adamantly, I should say, uh, that you you got a pretty good feeling that when you go to the rim, if you're going to put the ball up off the glass and it's going to bounce off, there's a good chance our guys are going to be there to get it. And if you're in the situation like that where you need to dump the ball off, there's a really good shot that one of your guys is going to be trying to play and go to the rim. It's to me, more than anything, it speaks to Coach Williams' emphasis on getting to the glass. And quite honestly, it's it's amazing that with the, the lineup we have on the floor most of the time, we still somehow lead the country or are close to leading the country in a rebounding margin. It's just – it speaks to coaching. And for whatever reason, we've talked about this a lot, Coach Williams doesn't get the credit he deserves for being a tactical genius. And there's a reason why we're this good at rebounding. It's not just because, oh, when he recruits, he says, I think that guy's going to be a great rebounder, so I'll recruit him to rebound for me. No, he recruits the guys he wants to recruit, and into our system, they become great rebounders. And it's because of the way it's coached. And so I think that has a lot to do with that specific play that the – that the person tweeted to you about is just our guys are just – it's ingrained in them, even Sterling at this point, to rim run and get to the – get to the paint and get to the rim when the shot goes up because there's such a good chance that we can get an offensive rebound and get an extra possession. So to me that if anything other than luck, it's coaching. Before we get, I want to ask you a couple more questions about Roy Williams in this show, but let's talk a little bit more about the players and let's talk about Theo Pinson. Folks ask, you know, his importance of him being on the floor. I'll say that his play over the last five games has been, uh, you know, just special. I, I don't know another way to put it. He doesn't score the ball a ton, uh, but he can. And he had 19 tonight. He hit a three. He just makes the plays that sort of keep this team going. And he takes some of the pressure off Joel Berry and lets Joel Berry snipe from the outside. Your take on Pinson's play tonight and, you know, over the last, you know, in this five-game winning streak. He was fantastic tonight. One of the best games of his career. You and I have talked a lot about his his ability to be a willing passer. And what I mean and what, what we talk about when we bring that up is to make plays as a passer like he does, you, ha- you have to not be afraid to put the ball free. Clearly, he, he's had games where he's turned the ball over and it's been frustrating, but it's a situation where you kind of take the bad with the good because we don't have a ton of individual playmakers on this team. Even Joel, I know he's gotten better and better, and he's been getting to the rim recently off those high screens. 
But by and large, he's not a natural playmaker. He's more of a scorer himself that can catch and shoot and can come off a ball screen and shoot it. But a true playmaker is what Theo is. And I think the best compliment you could give him is he makes the players around him better. And that's a fact. I mean, the way he implements his skill set across the game in so many ways, like you said tonight, made a three, made another jumper off the bounce, got to the rim, six for six from the line, seven rebounds, five assists, two steals. And if not for foul trouble, probably has a larger impact on the game. So his versatility, and I heard them talk about it today in the game, I thought it was spot on. He's got he's got some Draymond Green in his game. And if you watch the NBA a lot, which some folks don't, but I watch a ton of it, Draymond is a guy that for his team is the absolute most important player because he has the ability to hit a shot from the outside, get to the rim, finish at the rim, defend the goal, guard all five positions, distribute the basketball, make the right play, communicate. That's the other thing that I don't think we've talked about a lot is Theo also is probably our best communicator on the floor. If you watch him talk on defense, if you watch him communicate when he's on the bench to everybody, almost coaching from the sideline, so many things that he does when he's at his best, he's lethal and brutal to guard, a matchup nightmare for the other team. And again, the biggest thing, he's a willing passer trying to make plays, pushing the issue, trying to find guys in a position that they can score. Again, maybe his best game of his career tonight. I thought he was fantastic. Yeah, he was. And I, I still, you know, he had a great game tonight, but still seeing him guard Marvin Bagley in that Duke game was something else. And he's just gotten better since then. Luke May, uh, 19 and 13 tonight, didn't even play that well, I didn't think. And I, somebody got on me the other day because I said he was awful in the first half against NC State. Um, but I don't think he played that exceptionally well today. But he was solid when it mattered. He made that off-balance three that sort of kept Louisville at arm's length. Is this a guy that, and not our belief, everybody's belief in your opinion, that should seriously get considered for ACC Player of the Year? Especially now that Marvin Bagley's going to miss his third straight game tomorrow uh, for Duke. I don't know how he's not in the conversation. I mean, he had, like you said, he had a bad game tonight. He, was, he was, had 19 and 13. Not a bad game. That's not fair. But he was a little off. He was. He seemed just a little sluggish in the first half. A couple shots that were short, but uh, made a bunch of critical baskets in the second half and was mediocre. That's a fair way to put it. And never got to the line. It didn't seem quite as aggressive as he has been at times. And his mediocre game was 19 and 13. And that's astounding, right? I mean, that he, he's a surefire first team all, all ACC guy, right? And he'll probably be somewhere maybe a second team maybe a third team all-american in some different uh in some different publications but he's in the conversation for ac player of the year he has to be especially the way we're playing if we finish the season out it's very reasonable to think that we can get two of these last three if not all three i mean i've only seen virginia play the one game which was against us but i don't see any any potential guy on their team that's an all acc or, or uh, ACC Player of the Year caliber guy. So Bagley probably still gets it because of his reputation and he put up some astounding stats. But he's in the conversation, which is just crazy even to, to talk about. 
And Joel Berry is too, to be honest. But uh, probably still goes to Bagley. But, man, I mean, could he be a unanimous first-team All-ACC guy? He probably is. It's incredible. It is indeed incredible. Let's close this one talking about Roy Williams. And somebody on Twitter said, what is it that Coach Williams does to get his guys to play the best best basketball down the stretch? It seems like he always has the team clicking at the right time. Dewey, you've been in it. You've seen it up close. Um, You've certainly followed it as much as anybody over the last few years since you've been graduated from Carolina. But it always seems that Carolina gets to this point in the season hitting on all most cylinders, if not all cylinders, and they're doing it again this year. Yeah, well, you know, he's a Hall of Famer for a reason. And I just think that it, it takes time to figure out what your best lineup is going to be. And I also think that as important as some of the stuff is in the early season and we always try to play a tough schedule, all of that is preparation for this part of the year. So people get on them about playing too many guys and rotating people in and playing 10, 11. There were years when he played 12 guys, 13 guys. And all that is so he can see how the different lineups work together and see who performs well and doesn't. And, and also he's obviously coaching these guys every day in practice and watching film and putting in more time, him and his staff than anybody can even fathom to get ready for right now. Mid-February is when you want to hit your stride. And I just think it speaks to how good he is. I, I don't have any secret or any special reason. It's just he's this good. He's this good that he knows exactly which buttons to push, which guys to play, which rotations to put out there on the court, when to call this set, when to call this timeout or not call a timeout or whatever he's been criticized for. He's this good. I mean, that's that's it. He's this good. And now with whatever it is, three games, I think, left in the regular season, we're playing the best we've played all year. We're rolling, if we stay healthy, into the tournament. Got a shot at maybe even a two-seed at this point if we keep playing great and legitimately could make another really deep run on the heels of going to the championship game the last two years with inexperienced bigs playing small, a graduate transfer, uh, a recruited walk-on, a three-star guy in Kenny Williams, and then two McDonald's All-Americans. I mean, we don't have eight of them like Duke does and we have in the past. That's all I can tell you, Tommy. He's this good. That's it. He's this good. Carolina beats Louisville at Louisville by 17, goes to 10-5 and five in the conference after that 5-5 five and five. Uh, look a couple weeks ago had folks on edge 10 and 5 looks awfully good 21 and 7 overall uh dewey it's always a pleasure man appreciate you joining me thanks time. great one for us thanks for listening to InsideCarolina.com, the independent voice of unc sports your home for tar heel football basketball and recruiting